Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Courtney here. So, um, this is a big deal. Britney Spears, who has been estranged from her entire family um, for years now, um, has reconciled with some of them. Um, most notably, her mom, Lynn, came into town uh, to celebrate Britney's 42nd birthday over the weekend. Um, and they have had a full reunion. This was shocking to me to see them, to see these photos. This was not shocking to me. Uh, but why? Uh, I mean, be because, look, Britney Spears, and we, we've done documentaries on this, mm -hmm. she is basically alone. She does not have many friends, um, confidants. She's been estranged from her family, and her husband has now left. Yeah. And so she is alone. And that's a very daunting prospect. And I think that that opened the door to what we're now told is a series of phone calls over the last few weeks with her mom. Mm -hmm. And Brittany invited her mom to come out to celebrate. She was at Kate Hudson's, yeah. her manager's house I over the weekend. I say it's shocking because we saw them in May. They tried to do this back a few months ago. And then with the book, That's I read true. this book. There were so many harsh things said about her family in this book. And her mom. And her mom, yes. So like to see that her mom just came back out like right away to her daughter, yeah, you expect it, but it was shocking that Brittany reached out. Okay, so I will tell you what we found out um, that may help you on this. Okay. The book, now look, she goes after Lynn. She says, Lynn sold my dolls, sold my my diaries and whatnot. That was written like seven months ago, even though the book came out in October. That was written a long time ago. What we're told by people who know her and are interacting with her is that she kind of felt like, look, I told my truth mm -hmm. and now I want to repair some relationships. And it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I love this. So not only... Not only Lynn, who, by the way, we got Lynn out at LAX today. Um, uh, one of the photogs got her, and um, she was thrilled about the weekend. How does it feel to finally reunite with your daughter after all these years? You've been patient. You've been gracious through 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 all of this, and we know it's it has not it has not been easy. How is she doing? Now that you're back in her life, how is she doing? Happy. She's happy. This is really sweet to see you guys. But remember, we did see Lynn and Brittany reunite not even that long ago, but then that had soured, and now they're trying to work it out again, which is great. But we also know that Brittany wants to reconcile with her sister, Jamie Lynn. And remember, they have had a very rocky relationship. It seems like Lynn has always been trying to work things out with Brittany, but that Jamie Lynn and Jamie, her father, that's where it's really, really patchy and rough. Um, but the fact that Brittany is saying to herself, that she has said what she said in her book and now she's ready to reconcile with her family. That's a really, really big step. Um, but unclear if she's going to reconcile anytime with Jamie, her father. Well, so, I think we're in the right steps to it. So let, let, let's talk about Jamie Lynn for a second. So we are told that she actually invited Jamie Lynn to this birthday celebration 
But um, Jamie Lynn was not, I, I was sold out of the country. So I don't know where exactly, but she was invited and would have come, but for whatever reason couldn't. So Brian, her brother was there. Jamie Lynn was invited. Lynn was there. So yeah, the last remaining is, um, the, dad. is the dad. Is this is Jamie Lynn going to come out at all? Like when she gets back from out of the country? Uh, well, I, they're talking. Oh, they're at least they're, okay. they're talking. I am going to make a crazy prediction. Okay, this I, is going to be exciting. I think the door is going to open with her dad. I, I think the door is going to open will, with her dad. I think it will, but I feel like we have some steps still to get there. It all depends. I want to see her mom in the relationship at least go a few months like strong and like not fall out again. And then I think that we'll see the dad. We, I, I, you're, you're probably right. It's probably going to happen. That I'm way. excited. This is so good. Now, they're not without drama this weekend because <laughs> um, at 2 a.m. Saturday morning, they the party started Friday night. Um, suddenly, um, we got this video of Brittany rushing her dog to the vet. That's actually her manager, Kate Hudson, at a convenience store. Uh, barefoot I don't in pajamas the barefoot with ever. Brittany. Uh, the, her little dog stepped on something, cut its paw, um, and they rushed it over to the vet in the middle of the night. Um, they went to the convenience store while they were treating the dog. They went back, picked up the dog, and brought it back home. The dog's fine? Dog's fine. Nice. And then Brittany posted this. This uh, video was so hot. It reminded me of the old Brittany again. Just laying in her bed, celebrating being 42. She looks so good. She looks happy. Oh my, her body is insane. So I guess this is what you do when you turn 42. Yeah, I mean, if you have that body, why not? Do it every day, Brittany. <laughs> Hi, this is Dana calling from Prompt Nevada, and I wanted to comment on the Britney Spears uh, situation. She's just so hot and so cold. I think it's a great start, I think, in this regard. With the family, the glass is half full, and we should just take what we can get. Because right now, she needs somebody in her life. After making those crazy videos with the swords and the last one, this is really wonderful to see, I think. So let's hope it's all going to come to fruition, and she can actually, you know, come to some terms with the rest of the family. It may happen. I also have one other crazy prediction. Huh. Crazy prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if she moves back to, Lu to Louisiana. No way. I really believe that. She has <laughs> talked about that over the years. And maybe it's just the childhood fantasy that I was happier then and whatnot. Yeah. But I don't know what Hollywood does for her right now. What and would Louisiana do for her? It's like the same thing. It's not like she's going out all the there time. There was a time in the middle of all of this uh, the things that happened. There was a time when she had said to uh, several people, all she wanted to do was just be a hairdresser in Kentwood. Yeah. So, uh, look, I don't know, but it would not shock me at this point. I uh, wanted her to leave LA. Why? Because you because see her so much? In the hopes that I could see her one day. She might be more interesting in Kentwood. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we got to move on. Um, Billie Eilish, this is, this is really hard to understand. Mm -hmm. So Billie Eilish is going after Variety, the trade magazine, um, for allegedly outing her. So let's kind of walk you through what happened. So Variety had done an interview with Billie Eilish a while ago. Um, and Billie Eilish said this. She said, I've never really felt like I could relate to girls very well. She goes on, I love them so much. I love them as people. I'm attracted to them as people. I'm attracted to them for real. So um, she said that. Now, as a gay man, 
Um, the way I interpret that is that she is attracted to girls. Now, she, maybe, as a straight woman, I viewed that as she's attracted to girls. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Variety has this event over the weekend, um, and Billie Eilish shows up. She's walking the red carpet, and a Variety reporter does this interview with her. We got to talk about your cover story because you mentioned that you felt like for a long time women didn't like you, and when that came out, all the women were like, we "No, like we her. love her." I know. How did that reception feel? Did your has your mind changed a little bit? I'm still scared of them, but I think they're pretty. <laughs> Billy, did you mean did you mean to come out in the story, girl? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I kind of thought, wasn't it obvious? Like it's kind of been. I just, I didn't realize people didn't know. I saw all the articles, I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I came out today. I was like, oh, I guess, okay, cool. But I'm, I'm, it's exciting to me because, you know, I guess people didn't know, so it's cool that they know, but, ooh, I'm nervous talking about uh, it. I'm nervous. Okay. I'm okay, you're it. safe. Okay, cool. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, I am for the girls. It seemed like she was, you know, fine with everything. Yes, and, and then, it sounds and, like and, she almost, like, came out again right before when she's like, I find them like pretty. Well, right no, 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 but she said, I guess, she said, I guess I came out back then. Yeah. So here's what she posted. Thanks, Variety, for my award and for also outing me on a red carpet at 11 a.m. instead of talking about anything else that matters. I like boys and girls. Leave me alone about it, please. Literally, who cares, stream, what was I made for? I was shocked. I'm a little shocked by this, as a gay man myself, too. I mean, the, the reporter literally identifies herself in the interview on camera and says, I'm a gay, too. And Billy came out in the original interview with this girl saying, implying that she was into both men and girls. So I don't know, it almost seems like she's walking back on the fact. I'm, I'm confused by it. Also, to be calling out a publication like Variety, I mean, Variety is a very respected trade magazine. It's it's very, con I'm confused. But well, Billy said it. I'm just confused about like the outing part. You said it in the interview and you said, I didn't think that it was a surprise. I thought people knew. I, I, I was floored when I saw her response to the red carpet event. Yeah, I, 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 I do not understand this. I mean, it, it just felt like when you read what she said initially mm -hmm. and I what I assumed was, oh, she came out. I mean, maybe she likes, you know, Boys and girls, or whatever. Yeah. But I, it seemed to me she came out. When you watch the red carpet interview. She seemed fine. She seemed to interact with the reporter. You didn't see that she was upset or she was always having fun with the reporter. Yeah, and like being like cute like about it. Like, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't get it either. I just don't get it. Hi, uh, my name's Oya. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. And um, yeah, it's a little confusing because she seemed really excited on the carpet, but then she seems to get mad at variety. It doesn't really make sense either. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, I some, yeah. some things you just can't figure out. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Courtney here. So uh, Ryan Murphy loves Kim Kardashian, it seems, because remember, um, she was uh, she played a publicist in his uh, his last show, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. So now she's not going to play a supporting role. She is going to be the star of a new Ryan Murphy show. I'm assuming it's going to be one of those limited series <laughs> where she is going to play a lawyer. Not just a lawyer, she is going to play a divorce lawyer. And not just a divorce lawyer, <laughs> but we have learned a very specific one. The one who handled two of her divorces. 
One, Laura Wasser. We have talked about Laura many times on TMZ over the years. Laura is a just dominant force in that field. Um, and every so celebrity. So many celebrities. I mean, every celebrity it. you it's can amazing. think of hires Laura yes. Wasser. And she really is a force and, and an interesting one, too. They have become really good friends over the years. Um, and, you know, Laura handles cases in ways that I don't want to say unique, but hopefully more divorce lawyers are going to do what she does, which is she doesn't stoke the coals of conflict. She tries to settle cases and tries to do it under the radar. And it's something Kim has really appreciated. Um, Laura Wasser really engineered the way Kim navigated her divorce with Kanye, which mm -hmm. was very, very complicated. There, yeah. There isn't too much information out on, you know, the, there's no show title yet, so it's clearly pretty early in the stages of the show, but what we do know is that uh, Kim's going to be the lead. It's going to all be around her of an entire female-driven law firm in Los Angeles, and she's going to be playing, you know, like the hottest lawyer in L.A. Um, like you said, Harvey, it's not shocking. She's, you know, worked with Ryan Murphy before, and also uh, Hulu picked this up, which obviously that's what the Kardashians is on. So. Well, yeah. this is just so smart of Ryan Murphy. It's Kim Kardashian, she's the biggest celebrity in the world. Her headlines are just going to make your show. The show's already gonna be one of the biggest shows just because Kim's in it. People are gonna watch it just for that, to hate on her, to support her. They're just gonna watch it to see how she does. And it's it, gonna be amazing. Well, I don't know. I Why? Because Kim's not an actress. And I know she's not, but she can coach. She got super mixed reviews with her American Horror Story thing. There are people who loved it. There are people who hated it. Obviously, you know, people probably just tuned in to hate on her and to like her. So it's kind of like, who, who really knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, maybe she'll, maybe she'll do really well. I think it's different when you're a supporting player and you're the star, and especially if it's built completely around you. So I don't know. I mean, But she has the money for the acting coaches and everything. Who are we to tell Moran Murphy, hey, you yeah, shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> And also, it just makes commercial sense yes. that she'll bring eyeballs, and that's what Hulu wants. So um, the funny thing about this is, is that if you remember back in the day, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce said they would not mm -hmm. give Kim a star in the Walk of Fame uh, because she was a reality star and they didn't give uh, stars for, to reality stars, which is ridiculous, I yeah. think. But now she's got a couple of things under her belt. She's got Paw, Paw Patrol, mm -hmm. she's got American Horror Story, then she'll be starring in this. So I think she's ripe for... Um, but for, don't you have to be nominated for... Uh, she'll get nominated. Yeah. She'll get nominated. <laughs> and I think she can afford the $70,000 maintenance fee yeah, that for the costs. star. So, Did Laura Wasser have any say in who would get to play her? Or was it like Ryan Murphy's decision, just hands down? Uh, she... I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that this is based on Laura Wasser, and it totally makes sense. And the other thing her is- Her and Kim are so close. And Kim they know each other. Yes. And, and, and she also knows how Laura operates. Yeah, she's been and on her podcast, on Laura's podcast. She's like been on the podcast, her. they're friends. Yeah. They've been friends for a long time. She's gotten her out of a couple of messes. I mean, and Kim is studying to be a lawyer, so it's a good fit. She knows like the legal ter like term, so that won't be hard. She literally could say, I'm not a lawyer, but I play one on TV now. Yeah. There you go. Tina <laughs> Howe, New Orleans, Louisiana. I think this is pretty interesting for Kim, honestly. It is something that she's very interested in. Yes, she's not an actress, but you're never going to get experience unless you dive into something. Yes, she was on American Horror Story, and she's had a couple guest appearances, and she's obviously done 
her reality show, but I think it's a good thing for her to kind of get her feet wet. And of course, she has general interest in it. She has expressed numerous times that she's wanting to be an attorney. So this is going to give her firsthand research and she can dive into the role. And I think it's a great thing. And we'll just see what happens. I mean, maybe she'll be successful, maybe she won't. But the old saying is, you'll never know till you try. Well, yeah. And I guess when you're doing odd in the job training, it doesn't hurt to have Ryan Murphy. Yes. Um, okay. So crazy story over the weekend. Um, on Friday night, Michael B. Jordan got in a really bad car accident. He's okay, but check out his Ferrari. Not okay. No. I mean, this is crazy. So he nailed a parked car. This is in Hollywood at about 1130 at night. Look at the damage on that this car. That is insane. And he hits a parked Kia. The cops come out and they don't do a field sobriety test because they say he showed no signs of impairment, no signs of drugs or mm -hmm. alcohol. So they didn't do a field sobriety test. What's interesting, look at that. I know the tire is just I mean, gone. They asked him, which is common sense, right? What happened? Jeez. And he didn't answer. Yeah, Harvey, when they talked to him, he didn't smell of alcohol, didn't have any signs of being under the influence or anything. And they asked him, hey, what happened? He didn't really offer an excuse. And he doesn't have to in this situation because it's an online report at best. He doesn't even have to file a report because LAPD will not take a report unless someone is majorly injured or there is city property damage. I mean, that, that car looks total to It me. looks total. And so does like the back Kia. Well, it looks like he also hit the Kia so hard that it moved up because it's not in between the parking spots. Oh, well, that's what I'm thinking. How did he, if you look at the front end damage there, it, it, it's almost like, I don't know how fast he was going, mm -hmm. but to get that kind of damage, it, it was almost like you careened into the car. Yeah. And, you know, we have no idea how fast. It had Luckily, to be. Luckily, no one got hurt because I don't understand. That had to be fast. Yeah. I mean, that's not a 20 mile an hour crash. Well, and even that road, he had to be going over the speed limit at least because that road can't be more than like 45 miles per hour. And that looks... I mean, I think it's 35. It's Hollywood. It's it's in Hollywood at yeah. 1130 at night. Wow. This is Donnie ATV Pomley from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I really, if he wasn't drunk, I would just say that it looks like maybe he lost control or, you know, maybe he was sleepy. And I'm hoping not the worst thing, which is texting and driving. But if he wasn't drunk, it seemed like it has to be one of those. It's just my opinion on that. Well, I got to tell you, Hollywood has become a dangerous place. Yeah. Alan Ruck went into a pizza joint <laughs> in Hollywood on Halloween. And now this, I mean, this it's, is, wow. It's wild. That is crazy. Well, good for him that he's okay. This story is the capper for me. I heard this early, early, early this morning, and I thought we have got to have this woman <laughs> on TMZ Live today. Her name is Ashley Randall. She has a podcast that has just come out called Smokescreen, My Fugitive Dad. Well, her dad was known as Ted Conrad until he became Tom Randall. And the reason he changed his name is he needed to change his identity because he pulled off an unbelievable bank heist and confessed. This is almost a deathbed confession that he made to his daughter, Ashley, and the story is wild, and Ashley is joining us right now. Ashley, welcome to TMZ Live. Hi, Ashley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I just I, I'm so listen. excited to have you. <laughs> I, I just want to listen. So just kind of give us the top line on what happened here, and then let's drill down and get into it. Yeah, so it was spring of 2021, and one afternoon, my dad just looked over at my mom and I as we were watching NCIS and said, ladies, just in case it comes up after I pass, 
I had to change my name when I moved here. No one can find out because the authorities are probably still looking for me. I don't want to talk about it, but just so you know. What was going through your mind? Like, did you even have an idea? Like, what was the first story that you think that it could have been? Well, my first thought was that this is a really terrible dad joke. Like, (laughs) this is not funny. You have lung cancer. This isn't funny. But by the next day, I thought, if this is real, then I have to talk to him because I should know my dad's real name and therefore maybe my real name because Randall's fake, clearly. Um, And I talked to him the next afternoon and said, you have to tell me. And he said that he would as long as I promised not to look into it, which I did. Which you did. (laughs) Why don't you tell us what he told you? Because uh, your dad, and and sadly your dad has passed. um, Yes. And and now you have this podcast. Explain what he told you. Yeah, so he told me his name. And then I ended up by myself at like 2.30 in the morning that evening finally Googling it because I couldn't not look. And the first thing I saw was headlines that said, Vault Teller robs bank and then 50 year hunt or something, or they'd been looking since the seventies. And I thought, oh my God, my life is a lifetime movie. (laughs) 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 So, okay, let's let's just get into it. So in 1969, um, your dad was in Cleveland and yes. um, he was a bank teller at Society teller, National yeah. Bank. And yep. on a Friday afternoon, he raided the vault and left town, went to Washington, D.C., and then eventually ended up in Boston, changed his identity, changed his name, um, stole over $200,000, which is like $1.6 million in today's money, um, and became a fairly wealthy guy and changed his whole life. Do I have that right? You have it all right. He he worked as the vault teller. So he was the one in charge of the money in the vault. So he just left that Friday and took some of the money with him. I really think that he just put it in a box and put like the thought of it and put it away. He became Tom Randall. He essentially blew through all that money by the late 70s. When he met my mom, the money was gone. He was living in a modest apartment and had a job. And growing up, I mean, we weren't wealthy. We we were just paycheck to paycheck. I think we went on three family vacations total my whole life. Um, but mm-hmm. I had great parents and I had a dad who I thought was the typical suburban dad who drives you to school and comes to every soccer game and every play. And really, he's a wanted fugitive. Like my dad is a fugitive. Does this change your opinion about your dad? No. If anything, it somehow makes him a little cooler, which is <laughs> not the right thing to say, but it was thankfully a nonviolent crime, right? Mm-hmm. He walked out with this bag of money. He didn't threaten anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. He stole money from a bank. It's not like he grabbed jewels from a safety deposit box. So what? do you think that your mom had no idea at all? Like, was she just floored when she found out this person she was married to for over 40 years? Like, how, was, how did she take it? When she found out, there's no doubt in my mind that she had no idea. Because if you could have seen her face, it was like I'd hit her in the face with a brick. She just kept saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's staring at her iPad, scrolling through articles. So your dad confessed two months before he died. So those last two months, um, were there discussions? Did your mom and dad, you know, talk about this? Was she upset? Was she comforting him? 
I'm curious about the last two months. It wasn't an all the time discussion, but yes, we had many discussions to kind of get the information that we needed. We kept reiterating, this does not change how we feel about you. We love you. You're amazing. You were the best dad ever. And you doing this 50 years ago doesn't change who you are. What was going through your guys' head when you guys got the marshals knocking on your door? I've never been more panicked. I was like, <laughs> the marshals are here. Uh, but thankfully, it was Pete Elliott who came, who's the U.S. Marshal of Northern Ohio. And it was his father, John, who originally had the case looking for my dad. Oh, my God. And the, oh, first wow. thing out of, the first thing out of Pete's mouth was, you are not in trouble, but we do need to talk, right? We have to, we're here for a reason. But- So this was just, to, this was to close the case. The money is gone. So they weren't going to get the money back from you. No, it was really, I think, to get a lot of answers about why did he do it? What did he do? You know, what things did he tell us in those past couple months? And now Pete Elliott, we have like this unlikely relationship. The first year after this, he would check on my mom, give her a phone call once a week. I talked to Pete before I did this podcast because I wanted to find out what he thought of Jonathan Hirsch, who's my co-host on this podcast. Um, and I talked to Pete three days ago oh, about it. Crazy. That's Wow. Okay. <laughs> Ashley, it, your podcast is called Smokescreen, My Fugitive Dad. It is fascinating. fascinating. So glad you were able to join us today. It's just yeah. an amazing story. Thank you. The first episode is available right now. Yeah. I already started listening to it. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to hear what you all think. Yeah. I just, I hope everyone loves it the way that I do. It's been a labor of love for a year and it's, it's literally like, like listening to a movie. You will not be able to stop. You'll have to binge it. Um, it I think a lot of people are going to binge this. Ashley, yeah. thank you. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much. Wow. Bye. Wow. That's it's just so, mind blowing. It's fascinating. Mind blowing. <laughs> okay, we got to take a break. When we come back, Will Smith is in Saudi Arabia and talking about mistakes he's made along the way. And with all the talk with Jada, her book, and everything that's come out, there was a lot for him to talk about. We will get into it when we come back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Courtney here. Um, Will Smith is in Saudi Arabia for the Red Sea Film Festival. And unsurprisingly, given all of the news that is broken with Jada Pinkett Smith's memoir, with all of the revelations of kind of the imagery that isn't true about their relationship, about them that kind of came out um, in the wake of the book, Will uh, opened up about this a little bit and talked about how Hollywood can be a monster for celebrities. Fame is a unique monster. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I've what I've experienced. You know in the in the uh, my my uh, adversities of the last couple of years um, <laughs> is I have to be clear about who I am and what I am attempting to do in the world. And I can't need others 
to applaud for me to stay focused on my mission. And at the same time, um, I am deeply human and my, my virtue is not yet perfected. And I am in the process of, of perfecting my, my virtue. So that's obviously a mouthful uh, and very wordy, but essentially what he's saying is I can't let other people and their actions or their words really affect me and my actions. And also I'm human and I'm gonna screw up and I'm trying to get better. That's essentially what he's saying. Great, that's fine. The bigger takeaway from this weekend uh, for Will in Saudi Arabia is the fact that he embraced another embattled A-list celebrity, namely Johnny Depp. Uh, and it's interesting that Will Smith, of all people, seems to be the first me megastar to embrace Johnny. And I mean that physically, not just with a nice little statement, but like physically embrace him with a hug. Uh, they were both there at the film festival. And clearly they both have been through a lot of things over the past couple years, Will mo most recently. Uh, and there he was hugging Johnny. So. Um, I don't know, what do you guys make of the fact that Will was hugging him there? I wanna ask you this, cause my, look, I'm gonna give you my take, you tell me. You guys tell me. Um, I think Johnny Depp is kind of a role model in a sense for Will Smith, in the sense that Johnny Depp was teetering on being canceled mm -hmm. um, and was able to emerge from the trial with Amber Heard as uh, not only victorious, but completely, his image was completely rehabilitated. And I think that's what Will Smith is looking for. So in many ways, Johnny Depp has navigated the waters that Will Smith is currently swimming in. And looking at him is almost inspirational. Harvey, I, I agree with you. I do think that Will Smith perceives Johnny Depp as somebody who's come out the other side unscathed or who's re rehabilitated, rehabilitated his image. Unfortunately for Will, I think, not a lot of people agree. I know people think Johnny came back and he's on this comeback, but frankly, he has not been widely embraced by mainstream Hollywood the way I think he thought he was going to be. And I think Will Smith is saying, oh, here's Johnny Depp, he's back. He's not really back. So Will embracing Johnny Depp is getting a lot of side eye from some people who still see Johnny Depp as a little like, eh, I don't, I don't know. But in any case, it's good to see them embracing and hugging it out. We'll see what happens. Hey guys, it's Kyle here from New Brunswick, Canada. You can't what? tell. Uh, I got. I just got to say, you know, they they both went through it in the last year and everything. But I I, I agree with Harvey 100%. Will Smith. I feel like a lot of people are still upset with him, and you know, I I have to agree that it's taken a little bit more time to get over. Are what you happened? outside? You look so cold. Yeah, you do look cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, what's going That's on why there? I said, Can you tell I'm from Canada? Yeah. <laughs> oh but are you God. outside? Yeah, we actually got a big storm here. Okay, I hate to tell you this. It's about 80 degrees at the beach in LA today. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, he's swearing right now. We're going to move on. Um, the other person who wants to be vindicated is Jonathan Majors, mm -hmm. whose trial starts today. He showed up. Uh, with his girlfriend, Megan Good, right by his side. Uh, and opening statements uh, began in his trial where his ex-girlfriend is accusing him of attacking her in an Uber, something that Jonathan Majors strongly denies. What is interesting about this case is that the prosecutors are trying to paint Jonathan Majors really as an abusive boyfriend generally uh, in his relationships. That's what they 
tried to tell the jury today. Yeah, so they're really making a claim that he is a serial domestic violencer, uh, that he commits serial domestic violence, that he goes after women that he dates with sort of a physical uh, uh, approach to his relationships. And so in an effort to show that it is her that is be- that she's the one that's being honest and he's the one that's lying, prosecutors are bringing up past allegations of domestic violence that might paint him in a negative light for the jury. And that's been the trend in the United States where prior bad acts um, have been admissible in domestic violence cases. What Jonathan Majors has going for him, I think. Is Megan on his side? Megan is gonna really help. Mm-hmm. Some people think, oh, that's not the case. It matters in cases like this. So, especially because she's his current girlfriend, by his side and the whole thing. But the second thing is this video, a couple of hours after this, uh, this incident in the Uber, where you see uh, the woman who is the accuser now, um, who seems to be partying at a club unbothered and uh, allegedly unhurt. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be his most powerful piece of evidence. Harvey, I, I just, I, I can't quite get around, given that video, which does seem at least to call into question the, plaint- the, the uh, uh, complainant's uh, allegations, I just don't see why prosecutors went forward with this case. It, it, it leads me to believe they have something we just don't know about. Because I, I just, you, if you watch, she says that she was injured by him, her hand was injured, but you see her reaching into her purse with that same hand, you see her being active with that hand, it just seems like it's really a death blow to the prosecution. Do they have something else here? I, it usually usually that surfaces in opening statements, and we didn't hear that, other than what you just said, Jason, so I don't know. I mean, we're gonna be following the trial, so stay tuned. Hi, my name is Keisha. I'm from Burlington, New Jersey. I think it's just a money grab, you know, and um, I think he'll beat these charges, especially since the first one they recanted. And hopefully he'll stay single for a minute. You know, he just needs to chill out. He he ain't single. (laughs) Yeah, he's not single. I mean, he's serious with Megan Good. LeBron James got into it with Ime Adoka. You may remember him. He is the guy that allegedly cheated on his then-girlfriend, Nia Long, and it was a whole thing, if you remember back. Well, he is the coach of the Houston Rockets, and LeBron uh, and the Lakers were playing the Rockets, and he got into it with Adoka in a way that got one of them booted Mm -hmm. uh, from the stadium, and the other got a big, fat warning. Legends uh, actually posted the video, and I'm so grateful for them because LeBron James does this all the time, and I hate that he only got a technical. When he does this just as much, and he like gets well, what I don't understand is why does he take offense to that word? No, no, no. What I don't understand is I thought there was equivalency here. Why wasn't the punishment the same for both? Well, it it was hard. The reason is because Ime Udoka had gotten another technical before earlier in the game, and if you get two technical fouls in the NBA, that's an automatic ejection. So they they both in that instance (laughs) got the same penalty. It's just what Ime had done previously in the game that got him booted, and and that's why LeBron was allowed to. 
So what's the what's the beef here? What's the there's clearly underlying beef. I think look, it's it's the heat of the battle. Look, LeBron James is 38 years old now. Ime Yodoka, before he was a, an NBA head coach, he was a, a player himself. He's only 46 years old. So these guys are are more peers as opposed to a a coach and a player relationship. And I, I don't think they they have any sort of beef. I think things were heated and. Uh, you know, in that moment, they were uh, none too pleased with one another. But why was LeBron so offended by that word? Like, I don't understand well, it. Well, now you know, we we're going to get into something deeper here. Why? I mean, <laughs> you know, what, why are so many men offended by that word? Well, when that's what I'm saying. It? Like, obviously, he was trying to do it to, like, make a jab at you like you're that. And, like, people take offense to it. But it's like... I just, I just don't like LeBron because I'm you from Cleveland. You would think LeBron so I, would just he does. be able to kind of turn the other cheek there. I mean, you, you're, you might be the greatest basketball player of all time. Who cares what the Rockets' head coach has to say? You're LeBron James. I, I don't know why he let it affect him to that degree. He did get the last laugh. I'll say this: the Lakers did win the game. Good news for LeBron. His son Bronny uh, is back on the basketball court, oh, and it's amazing. Um, it's it's just unbelievable. It, His it heart really stopped. Is. Yeah, his I mean, heart stopped on the court. Yeah, I mean, it was very, you know, it was a little different cause than uh, than DeMar Hamlin, right. but very yeah. similar in that the USC medical people, they saved Bronny James' life. And and to think only maybe like four months or so, Harv, uh, after that incident that he is actually cleared and will be back on that USC basketball court playing in games, it's remarkable. I, I really question whether or not he'd ever get back on the basketball court I did court too. Again. I did too. And by the way, I think he's playing Tuesday and he was practicing over the weekend and he looked just fine. But oh, it is. That's gotta be hard for Savannah, though. You know she's probably so nervous to see her son back out there. Well, I mean, it's like good, but like it's her baby. Yeah, I think it goes to show you, LeBron James. Obviously, the James family—they are set financially, you know, from, from now until forever. So if he wasn't 100, LeBron wasn't 100% sure that his son would be okay out there. I don't do think it. he'd ever let him play. Hey guys, Bo Morgan in Atlanta here. This whole LeBron James uh, Udoka stuff is really weird to me because LeBron James has always been a guy that's cried about the calls. He's always kind of been kind of that Michael Jordan ask where he thinks he should get every call. But this seems like something else is going on. It. I know the audio caught certain things being said, but I think it goes a lot deeper. Clearly something was said personally. Yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> Babcock saying no, but it just seems to me that doesn't happen if there isn't some history there. So I agree with you. LeBron um, gets offended. Jesse Smollett uh, is seems unbothered, at least on the surface, uh, losing his appeal uh, in the hate crime hoax conviction. Um, he could end up spending a lot of time behind bars. He has 144 days to still serve. Um, he's going to appeal to the Illinois Supreme Court but um, they don't have to take the case. So if they don't, he could be uh, back behind bars in January. But in the meantime, uh, this is Jesse Smollett over the weekend. He was at Nobu in Malibu, seemed happy. Not even bothered. Not bothered at all. No. Um, oh, the weirdest thing about this case, I gotta say, had he served his time, It'd be over. Over. It'd be over. History. But you know what? That's History. the one thing I can respect about Jesse Smollett. He won't. He won't let it go. He keeps saying it. He's saying that he's innocent, and he believes it. And he's going to 
go down with the lie and you gotta at least respect that level. Hey, I'm John from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it honestly feels like it's been years since I even heard the name right. Jesse Smollett <laughs> until I saw this case, this article. And I honestly thought it was an open and shut case and he served his time for it. But I really shouldn't be surprised knowing the speed of our legal system that this case is still tied up in appeals and everything. And it, it'll be interesting to see if the state Supreme Court decides to take the case. I don't think they will personally, given how cut and dry the initial ruling seemed to be. Well, the only reason yeah. they might is because the appeals court ruled by two to one margin uh, that the conviction should stand. But there was one dissenting judge, a justice. So we will see. So congratulations to uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. She got married over the weekend to oh. her longtime boyfriend, Cole Tucker, baseball player. And it looked like a really big party in Tulum, Mexico. So here are some of the pictures. They're really having fun. They're, she seems just like so much fun. She just does whatever she wants. She doesn't really care about like any backlash or anything. She just lives her life and she looks amazing. Well, what's great is she's, she looks totally non-stressed which um, a lot of brides don't look yeah. over uh, the wedding weekend. <laughs> but she was having a great time, and I gotta tell you You're something. You're in Tulum. I gotta tell you something. I met her, God, this must have been 10 years ago at a Lakers game. Oh yeah, when she when was, she was with Zach. When she was with Zac Efron. And I always think of her with that, and I'm just thinking, wait a minute, she's not with Zach anymore, and it's been, <laughs> and, and it's been it's over like for like a decade. <laughs> she's happy, congratulations yes, to her. this is awesome. And to Cole. We will see you tomorrow.